I would like for you to open your Bibles to the book of Matthew. I'm going to be reading and preaching this evening from Matthew 15. Matthew chapter 15. Now here's, here's my text. The woman who would not go away without a blessing. The woman who would not go away without a blessing. Now let's begin reading at verse 21 of Matthew 15. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy, have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Lord, send her away. She crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It's not me. It's not proper, not right, to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord. And yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, Great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thy will. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Now these cities to which our Lord referred are pagan Gentile cities. You remember he said, Woe unto thee, Chorazin, woe unto thee, Bethsaida, if the mighty works which are done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago. So it's from these cities that this woman came seeking mercy for her sick daughter. Now I've got to believe, and you have too, that she had heard quite a great deal about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. She heard much about him and his power and his authority over demon spirits and over sicknesses and diseases. We know that she knew a great deal about this person, Jesus of Nazareth. In fact, a lot of people in the scripture came to Christ. We meet them for the first time, for the leper. The leper in Matthew 8 came and fell at his feet. This is a leper, an unclean leper. And he looked up and said, Lord, if you will, you've got the power, the authority to make me clean, if you will. And our Lord said, 
I will be thou clean. He believed in Christ. He believed he had the power, authority over diseases. Blind Bartimaeus. I don't read anything about blind Bartimaeus until our Lord walked through the city of Jericho. Jesus was passing by. And this man heard the commotion. And he said, what's going on? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Now, they didn't say the son of God. They didn't say the son of David. They said, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. But he said, Jesus, thy son of David, have mercy upon me. What do you want me to do? I want to see. It's never been heard that a man could make another man see. He believed it. He believed Christ Jesus could make him see. He knew something about this person. The dying thief. We don't run into him anywhere except hanging on a cross. And while he hung on that cross, he looked over at the Son of God. And he said, Lord, Lord. No man can call Jesus Lord and mean it but by the Holy Spirit. Lord, you're not going to stay dead. You're coming into a kingdom. Remember me when you come into that kingdom. And our Lord said today, you'll be with me in that kingdom. So, and this woman here, her knowledge of Christ and his power to, to heal her daughter is revealed in another, in another fact. Her daughter wasn't with her. No, sir, her daughter was not with her. Her daughter was at home. And this woman came to the Lord Jesus Christ, came out of the cities of Tyre and found him and said to him, Lord Jesus, God, son of David, my daughter's grievously vexed with the devil. Come and heal her. Let me show you something in Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. This, this uh, fits right in with what... Uh, what we're looking at here. This woman's daughter was not there. She believed Christ had the authority and power over demons and sicknesses wherever he was. Watch this right here in Matthew chapter 8 verse 5. And when Jesus entered into Capernaum, there came a centurion. This is a Roman centurion. Beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the man said, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. You just speak the word. Just say the word only, only. You don't have to go there. You just say the word only and my servant will be healed because I am a man under authority. I've got authority over a lot of people. I'm a man under authority. I have much authority. And I have soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goes. And I say to another, come, and he comes. And I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. I'm a man of authority. And you are too. You are too. You've got power over the 
the lightnings. Job said, God says, come, and they come, and he says, go, and they go. The lightning, the diseases, anything, anybody has, has all power over all flesh in this world and in the world to come. And then our Lord said, when he heard this, verse 10, he marveled and said to them that followed him, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Now look at verse 13. And Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so be it done unto you. You believe. And that servant, his self-same hour, that servant was healed. Here's the fourth thing about this woman and about her faith. Look at verse 22 of Matthew chapter 15 now. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thy son of David. My friends, this is the most revealing evidence and confession of faith. She called him the son of David. You know, when the Pharisees came to our Lord, they asked him several questions, and he put them to silence. And finally, they, he said to them, What think you of the Christ? He didn't ask, What do you think of me? He didn't say, What do you think of Jesus Christ? He said, What do you think, what do you say about the Messiah, the Christ, the promised Redeemer, that, that God promised to Abraham and all of Israel. What do you say? Who is he? And these Pharisees said to the Lord Jesus, he's the son of David. He's of the root of Jesse. He's of the tribe of Judah. He's the son of David. And our Lord said, then why, why did David call him Lord? How can he be David's Lord and be his son? How can he be his Lord and be? They couldn't answer Nobody asked him any questions from that time on. He put him to silence. And this is what this woman is saying. She's saying, Jesus Christ, Lord, son of David, made of the seed of David, declared to be the son of God. That's our Lord. That's our Redeemer. That's the Christ. Made of the seed of David, declared to be the son of God. One of the old writers said this. All who came to Christ... All who came to Christ for mercy and redemption came and must come to him as he is. You can't, can't come to another Jesus, another Lord, another Savior. You've got to come to the Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, Son of Man. And one of these days we're going to behold him, be made like him, when we see him as he is. That's right. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 10, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? This woman heard. She heard. She came to him, Lord, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Have mercy upon You've got the power. But what's the next verse? Verse 23. But he answered her, not a word. Not a word. 
He didn't say that he would come healer. He didn't say he wouldn't come and healer. He didn't say anything. Lord, son of David, have mercy upon me. He didn't answer. Now, it was not that he didn't hear her. He heard her. It wasn't that he didn't pity her. He did pity her. He was going to show compassion on her. He intended to save her daughter. He intended to heal her daughter. But he didn't answer a word now. It was not that he despised her. He didn't despise her. He loved her. She's one of his own. We know that later. But let me tell you something. Let me pass a word to you. Her faith must be tried. And yours must be too. The Lord Jesus Christ, when she, this is a simple request. Lord, have mercy upon me. He didn't even answer. Faith has got to be tried. All faith has got to be tried. I want to show you a scripture. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. Faith must be tried. We've got to wait on God. We don't have an instant religion, an instant conversion like instant oatmeal. It's got to be tried. Now what's it? In 1 Peter 1, verse 6. You got it? Wherefore, you greatly rejoice. We are rejoicing. Though now, for a season, if need be, and the need must be. You are in heaviness through manifold trials and troubles. And that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found under the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith must be tried. Turn to Psalm 30. Psalm 30, verse 4 and 5. He answered her not a word. Her faith got to be tried. In Psalm 30, verse 4 and 5, listen. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness, for his anger endureth for a moment. His anger endureth for a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. The joy is worth waiting for. The weeping and the trial has got to precede joy has to be God's never ministered to anybody in grace till he ministers to him in judgment that's just so let me show you another scripture look at Psalm 40 let's let's learn the patience of faith preachers deacons elders Sunday school teachers soul winners witnesses learn the patience of faith wait David said that. Oh, he said, I, I, would, have, I would have fainted if I, if I hadn't believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Listen to Psalm 40, verse 1 through 3. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined, inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings, 
and he had put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear, that is, hope and trust, and shall trust the Lord. Wait. I waited patiently for the Lord. He's the only one that can speak peace. Better wait on him. He's the only one that can heal a broken heart. We better wait on him. Darcy and I were sitting in the in our den one afternoon, and the doorbell rang. And uh, one of the young ladies from our church uh, was at the door, and she had a young man with her. He'd been she'd been dating him, and and uh, he'd been attending church with her. And he was interested in what I was preaching. He attended pretty regularly. And uh, so he wanted to come in and sit and talk to me about the gospel. He said to me, he said, I've, I've discovered I'm lost. He said, I've discovered I'm a sinner. And that I need Christ. And I'd like to talk to you. I said, I'd just be so happy. Nothing I'd rather hear somebody say that I'm lost. Nothing I'd rather do than talk to somebody about the Savior especially to a sinner. A sinner is a sacred thing. The Holy Ghost has made him so. And we talked a while and talked and talked. And, and I said, well, you, you keep listening. You keep listening. You keep coming. You keep, keep reading the Word and seeking the Lord. He said, well, how am I going to know when I'm saved? I said, how would you know you're lost? He said, the Lord told me I was lost. Well, I said, I'm not going to tell you you're saved. I'm going to let him tell you, okay? He said, I never thought of it that way. Wait on the Lord. If you just get that through these witnessing heads of ours and, and, and uh, depend on him and his word and not on our personalities and illustrations and all these other things. Lord's able to say, but he'll do it through his word, by the power of his spirit in his own time. And the battle's not over yet. I preached the funeral last week. And uh, for a man I've known 35, 40 years. And uh, he wasn't a very good father. He, he, uh, he deserted his children. He had five children. Married a friend of mine, and she had three, and they bought a big house in Birmingham, and and uh, he stayed around a while, and then one day he he left there hurt, and then I ran into him later, and uh, he came to hear me and so forth. So anyway, I preached his funeral, and his son was there. His son, forty-four years old, he was there. And all the other children were there, too. But the son was there, and after I got through preaching, uh, he got up and said, I'd like to say a few words. And, you know, I'm a little afraid <laughs> somebody won't get up and say a few words after a funeral, but he wanted to say a few words. I said, fine. So he read some scripture. And then he said, uh, I came to see my, he's 44, I came to see my father about a year ago. And uh, he said, I said to him, that's the last time he'd seen him, long time. He said, Father, he said, Dad, he said, I, I want to thank you. And his dad said, what for? He said, because when I was 18 years old, you took me, teenager, you took me to church. 
to hear Farrell Griswold in Birmingham, Alabama, and Brother Mahan, and I heard the gospel. I, I didn't believe it. I was rebellious against it, but you took me, and I heard it. And later on, the Lord saved me in his own time. That's right. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. All right, let's read on here. All right. Evidently, she appealed to his disciples. Verse 23. He answered her not a word, and the disciples came and brought, besought him, saying, Send her away. Send her away. Either heal her or send her away, but just get rid of her. She's crying after us. We can't do anything. We can't do a thing. In verse 24, but he answered and said, I am not sin. I am not sin, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, our Lord's stating a fact. Now, you listen to me. Our Lord is stating a fact. He's telling the truth. He's stating a fact. Christ did not come into this world to save every person. It was not his intention. It was not his covenant. It was not his will to save every person or atone for the sins of all people. He came to seek and to save those who hear his word and believe on him. That's the people to whom he came and for whom he died. All of his sheep, all of his brethren, all of his elect, all of spiritual Israel. That's who he's talking about here. Spiritual Israel. Turn to John 17. John chapter 17. Verse, uh, verse 2. John 17, verse 2. Father... As thou hast given me authority, John 17, 2, over all flesh, that I should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given me. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Turn to John 6, verse 37. John 6, verse 37. Listen to this. John 6, 37. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me I in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the will of him that sent me, that of all which he had given me I lose nothing, but raise it up again at the last day. All right, let's see now what she's going to do with this. He answered her not a word. The disciples came and said, send her away. She crieth after us. And he said, I came to seek and to save the lost. I came to save lost sheep, lost sons. I came to redeem the elect. I came to redeem the people the Father gave me. What's she going to do? In the presence of silence, in the inability of the disciples to help her, in the reality of sovereign election, sovereign election. All elections sovereign. In the, what will she do? I'll tell you what she should do. Look at verse 25. Then came she and worshipped him. Then came she and worshipped him. Her faith unchanged. 
her determination strong as ever. Her need the same. She came and worshipped him. That's what Job did when all of his children were killed and all of his lands and houses and cattle were, were gone. And he sat down before the Lord and worshipped him. And he said, naked I came out of my mother's womb. And naked I returned thither. The Lord gave and the Lord had taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. This woman met his silence. She met the inability of the disciples. And she met sovereign election. And then she came and worshipped him. And she, lit, she spoke three words. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. And that about sums it up, doesn't it? Help me. How does a person know if he's elected? How does a person know if he's elected? I'll tell you two ways. I know we read the scripture, make your calling and election sure. And people say, well, you make your election sure by your calling. That's right. But there's two, two things that are necessary here. How does a person know he's elected? By his calling, yes, but also by his need of Christ. His need of Christ. The Bible does not say, ho, everyone that's elected, come. It says, ho, everyone that's thirsty. That's the people who are elected, thirsty people, needy people. The Bible doesn't say, come unto me, all ye elect. It says, come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden. Anybody weary? Anybody heavy laden? Anybody broke? Anybody like this woman? She met his silence. She met the rebuke of his disciples. Send her away. Get rid of her. She met God's sovereign covenant will and purpose and election, and she stayed right there. She stayed right there and fell at his feet and worshipped him. The Bible doesn't say he that is elected hath life. He said he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. You believe? Blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness. They shall be filled. That is so important. That's the very key. Are you elected? Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Are you weary? Are you heavy laden? Are you lost? Are you helpless, hopeless, without God, without help in this world? Come to Christ. Oh, everyone that thirsted, come to the waters. That's right. Which is first, Brother Mahan, calling or election? With God, election's first. With me, calling's first. You know your election. By your calling and by your need. A man's not saved because he's elected. He's saved because he needs Christ. And he comes to Christ. And he finds in Christ all he needs. My God supply all your needs to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. All right. We're not through with her yet. <laughs> Listen to this verse. Verse Verse 25, she came and worshipped him said, Lord, help me. And he said, it's not right. It's not me to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs.
And you know what she said to that? You know why she called herself a dog? She's a Gentile dog. That's what the Jews called her. Our Lord said when uh, he asked that, that woman, that Samaritan woman, for a drink, he said, she said, well, you can't have anything to do with me. I'm a Gentile. I'm a Samaritan. You're a Jew. Jews don't have anything to do with, with Samaritans. And that's what she's saying here. I'm a, I'm a dog. I'm a dog. I'm a Gentile dog. I take my place as a dog. I don't deserve the children's bread. I don't deserve anything. Not deserve the least of your favors. But I'm your dog. I'm your dog. And masters love their dogs. And masters feed crumbs and bones to their dog under the table. And that's when she said, Oh, woman, great is thy faith. Great is thy faith. Took her place as a dog. She came down. Down. The Lord always speaks in judgment before he speaks in grace. The Lord, will, our Lord always slays before he heals. The Lord always shrimps before he clothes. One old writer said this. The Lord said, come down. Like he said to Zacchaeus, come down. Come on down. Now. Come on down. And he said, I came down until there were very few worse than I. He said, come down. Well, I came down until I was on the level with everybody else. Come on down. Well, I came down until there wasn't anybody lower than I. Come on down. Well, I came down until I despaired of any hope and any help for such a sinner. And I cried, depth of mercy, can there be mercy still reserved for me? Can my God, can he, his wrath forbear and me, cheap sinners, spare? You there yet? That's the need. You know your election by your calling. You know your calling by your need. Christ means nothing to those who have not felt their woe. A sinner is a sacred thing. Because the Holy Ghost separated him, set him apart, made him so. Come to Christ. A preacher closed his sermon in a little country church and uh, finished his message. And then he asked a man on the front row, he said, my friend, he said, do you believe the Lord sent his beloved son into the world to save bad people or good people? And the man thought a few moments and he replied, I reckon, preacher, that the Lord would take good people to heaven someday. And the wise preacher looked at him and replied, then my friend, what's going to become with you and me? What's going to become of you and me? I'm not good, and I know you're not good, but I'm going to tell you something, my dear friend. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that our Lord came into the world to save sinful men, and if I find one, I'm going to tell him so. And that's my whole effort 
tonight. The Lord came to a woman to save her, and she would not be denied. The woman that came to Christ and would not go away without a blessing. I heard what old Felix said. He said, when I have a more convenient season, I'll send for you. He trembled, didn't he? He, he trembled. Felix trembled. He was, he was upset, scared. But I'll, when I have a more convenient season, I'll send. He never did. But Jacob wrestled with the, with the Lord. And the light was breaking. And the Lord said, let me go. And he said, I won't do it. I will not let you go to your best man. And that's just what that woman, I will not let you go to your best man.